Welcome to a new live podcast. Today is a good day. Today is a very, very good day. Give God thanks. Man, my name is John Paul and you guys are tuned in right now to the New Life podcast. And this is basically where I get to chat to various people around the UPC organization and uh, find out about their testimonies, find out about how they got into this new life with God and um, basically hear about what they're doing right now in their life. Um, so I've got a very, very interesting man that I'm going to be speaking to shortly. This is episode number five, I believe. And um, yeah, um, his name is Reverend Luis Jimenez, and he is based in Hong Kong right now. And um, he used to be our national youth leader for the UPC GBNI. Um, that's when I first got to meet him and hear him preach and various things like that. Um, he's been a part of a fast growing um, Spanish congregation as well in London. And um, yeah, we're basically going to hear his story. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, Luis Jimenez. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Yes, uh, I feel a little nervous. I'm like, oh wow, this is a serious it's episode five. I'm like, oh. <laughs> don't be nervous, don't be nervous. This is the informal chat, and um, yeah, we're just gonna get into it. So, awesome, tell me about awesome. yourself. How did you first sort of um, find out about the faith, the faith of uh, Christianity and the church? I'd have to go back years, but here we go. Um, um, so my parents. Uh, originally from South America, Ecuador. Okay. They were Christians back then um, and in South America. And then at the age of eight, uh, the, my eight, they emigrated to the UK. Yeah. Um, I don't remember too much of church in Ecuador other than my mom telling me to be quiet and listen in church. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to Sunday school once and someone pulling out a tooth. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, came to the UK and we couldn't find a, um, a oneness church in London. Yeah. yeah. And so my parents tried. I remember going to Jehovah's Witnesses, churches, um, the Kingdom Halls, I think they called them. Uh, we went to a few others as well. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, people treated us really nice. But... It never turned out to be something quite um, quite consistent. So I think from conversations back then is because I remember my parents thinking and saying the doctrine. And I just remember that from a young age, my parents were always saying the doctrine is not the same. The doctrine is not the same. We can't go to a church where the doctrine is not the same. Okay. Um, and then I wasn't introduced to church again until I was 14 years old after spending yeah seven years uh in secondary school in the east end of london um i i i didn't really believe anything um i didn't think i believed in anything in fact when my parents started going to church i was uh playing football on saturdays and uh, training and playing football the match on sundays yeah um so when they started going and they said you should come with us i was like <laughs> You kidding me? Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna go. I want to be a uh, footballer. <laughs> that's it. That was the dream. Um, to be fair, one of my uh, the guys I used to play with, 
I'm not sure if you if you've heard of him, Fabrice Mwamba. Uh, no. He used to play for Bolton. Well, he started with Arsenal. Yeah. Played for Bolton. He had a heart attack with Spurs. Oh, um, I do, I do remember that. I do. Yeah. So I used to play on the pitch. Uh, correct. So I used to play with him. Uh, yeah. He was. He used to go to my school as well. And I thought I was better than him. Obviously not. Yeah. Uh, but you know. <laughs> but you know, you always think. What was yes, your position, by the way? Uh, I was striker or right wing. Wow, uh, that was an important position. Oh yeah, it's South American quickness. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. dribbling. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I now it's completely useless. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that was kind of my introduction. My parents, my parents yeah. decided to go back to church, and I saw a drastic transformation in them. Because in that time when they landed in the UK to the time they went back to church, a lot of things went wrong, and a lot of things, family-wise, we were, it was we were all over the place. Yeah. Um, and to see my dad and mom kind of humble themselves and just go to church worship, yeah. um, it uh, it has it's impacted me and it's impacted my whole life really, because I saw a big big change yeah um and it's taught me a lot of things so that was kind of my introduction into christianity really yeah yeah okay so sorry about that so basically <laughs> so you, this was in london yeah correct so this was a uh, bishop francis okay. uh, church in life tabernacle yeah, yeah, yeah um that was uh yeah that's where my parents started to go that was my first church because i was born in the states and then I moved right. to London and the Life Tabernacle was my mum and dad's home church. That's where they first met and all that kind of stuff before they went to America. And um, yeah, so that was my first church. But when I was going there, you you guys weren't there. So it was just like... You were probably when Brother Dallas was there? That is correct. Yes. That, okay. So we were there, I think a year after Bishop Francis got installed as a senior pastor. Okay. So okay. we weren't there when we're in Brother Dallas. So I think we probably just missed each other. Just missed each other. Just yeah. missed each other. Because our ages aren't too dissimilar. Um, see, so but yeah, so that was it. Okay, yeah. then. So you're in London now and yep. you're obviously starting school and all that kind of stuff. Uh was yeah. it college that you started or was it was high school, just the, the end of middle school or something, wasn't it? Well, I was I think I was year 10 when I started going to church yeah um and yeah so that was year 10 and th those those years where uh i don't remember much or i think my brains decided to forget much of it yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think i was just still like, playing football like, oh yeah i love football i still yeah. do in fact tomorrow uh, here in hong kong i've joined up to play with some italians to play football okay so, that's I, gonna be I, interesting I, I know i know i'm not sure what i signed up to but there you go <laughs> <laughs> but, but you gotta stay fit you gotta stay fit you still look fit yeah now, that's so. the thing that's the thing i need to i mean i'm, I'm having a four-year-old who's going growing up so quick and running so fast i think yeah. i don't want him to look back at me and say my dad is fat exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i need to keep put this up somehow healthy body healthy mind that's what i always there you go so we've there got to, go. we gotta do it all right yeah. then so when you're seeing um, Bishop Francis and you're seeing the the pastoral team and all that kind of stuff, you're looking up to them and you're you're seeing what they're doing for the their community and and so forth. Is that what sort of inspired you to to get into that? How did you get into ministry? 
or, or what was the point where you obviously got touched and feel to say this is what I want to do well there are so many events um but I think the main thing as to why I'm like this now is um the bishop has had at the time a an extension uh, for Spanish speakers the Latino extension as they call it yeah um and my dad got put on a board with a fellow with other people and they became the leaders of that group yeah and i remember and they used to have the services on saturday at 3 p.m yeah um and i remember going there and i used to absolutely think what in the world is this yeah there, there were people saying one thing there were other people saying another thing uh, some people believe that being baptized meant that you had the Holy Ghost. Other people didn't know that, uh, you know, when you receive the Holy Ghost, there is an evidence um, to that. And so it was, it was, I mean, it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, that kind of built inside of me a, um, a desire to know more yeah. and a desire to know the truth. Yeah. Um, more than just Bishop, because yes, I, I like Bishop, uh, but I wasn't too close to it. Yeah. Um, it was sort of that upbringing in a place where I felt as though there should be a clear direction, clear guidance from one person. A clear <laughs> voice. Yeah, a clear voice as to what's happening. That's what drove me to probably go to Bible school. Um, yeah. And I went to Bible school in Glasgow. Uh, did my year and kind of uh, understood a lot more. Um, uh, that was kind of the knowledge side of things. Yeah. The kind of spirit uh, in me was one day, I think I was 18, I'd already been baptized, I'd already been filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of 15, 14. Yeah. Um, and at the age of 18, I was starting uni and this the preacher came now i'm not sure if you heard of him you probably did since you went to life that yeah. zachary adetola no i can't remember no so he was a ivory coast yeah, okay and he was a uh, he he was it was i'll be honest he was a bit scary at that because <laughs> he could pinpoint he was like a prophet yeah i never really you know i never really messed with those things yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, i was a bit scared of him but i remember one evening um, he called me up uh -huh. and he basically picked you up from the crowd, stuck his finger out and said, you come here, I have something to say to you. Yeah, yeah. And he said to me, you uh, will go to, and he listed all these places and countries. And he said, you preach. Now you got to know me from school. I don't, I hate speaking in public. Okay. okay. Um, I'm not much of a uh, public speaker. Yeah. In fact, every time, any time they gave me a microphone, my hands used to shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even till now, I get that sort of sense in me. Yeah. yeah. And, but I remember him laying his hand upon me after he said those things. And out of no force of his own, even though he was a strong man, yeah. I fell to the floor and I just couldn't stop howling, you know, like interceding in prayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he hit me. And since then, a lot of people have said something. In fact, the, the sister said that when she saw him lay hands upon my head, that there was a literal fire that she could see. Uh, and I, from that point, 
brother Okala in East End of London made got me to preach. And I began to preach and there was an anointing that kind of was on me yeah. uh, from that day, um, which kind of changed things uh, completely and changed the direction in which I thought I was going to head. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm a preacher. Wow. Uh, but, but back then, I, I, I really didn't know. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah, uh, I, if you saw me when I was 16, yeah. you would think this guy. What you do? Just you know, just sit outside. Uh, just sit down. Don't don't give him the mic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of ministry. So, so it was that time at eighteen. You had that. It's like a paradigm shift, a change of thought, a change of direction, and you yeah. suddenly said, "Yeah, this is what I'm called to do." Yeah. Because um, even yeah, at uh, school, you, you you didn't have that need at all no no i i so that's the reason so i finished uni and yeah. I, after university i went to bible school yeah um that kind of led i already had that desire to know more and to know the truth yeah but that kind of pushed me um, yeah. i didn't want to be a preacher of just preaching sakes i wanted to know what i was saying yeah um but on the other hand i had my dad mm -hmm. um who's still my pastor by the way even yeah. though i'm over here in hong kong yeah. uh, he taught me service um the first, i remember the first time i enjoyed church was actually when i was just we just got there and they had to change the old carpet and put new carpet on in the in life tab yeah and my dad took me he yeah. said come on you're coming with me let's go yeah and that was the first time i actually enjoyed and we had a father-son bonding or oh, uh, ripping yeah. carpet out yeah and yeah. we loved it and we had yeah. like a relationship um, and a relationship built up with the church as well. Okay. So uh, at 18, then you, you then started um, witnessing or doing a, a, a work. How did that come up, turn into this, the Spanish work that grew to be so big as well, I know it now? No, no, no. So at 18, I was still at uni. 21, yeah. I was uh, finishing uni, going to Bible school. Yeah. 22, I come back. Okay. And my dad's decided to um, start a church mm -hmm. um, in, in Elephant and Castle. Now, yep. do you know where that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this Elephant and Castle is the area in Elephant and Castle. Now, if you go now, is nicely built up. Yeah. Uh, the brief, you know, regeneration yeah, projects yeah. happening. But back then, in 2011, um, I mean. Uh, it was something else when we went it was right next to Burgess Park where we where they saw the hole yeah, and they no, no. told people don't go there because you're going to get mugged oh, and God. it's a deprived area mm. uh, on Friday nights we used to have youth and people used to say to us you know like don't no no don't people used to get scared yeah uh, but I don't know there were there was a lot of um, Spanish speakers Latino community so we decided to set up there um and we were with 13 adults and i think three four kids um and that's how the church began okay uh, yeah, and your dad was the head was... pastor and you were head of the youth or well at the time i was nothing really i just graduated bible school so i came yeah. down and just helped yeah. um did you preach as well? yeah yeah so yeah. i was preaching as well uh that was fun uh you know, uh, it, it, looking back at it now, because this year, actually, the church is celebrating 10 years. 
Okay. And the church is celebrating 10 years, but 16 people, you can imagine all of us there and we were trying to do something. Uh, but God always kind of guided us mm-hmm. um, because for some reason or another, we never really did anything small. Yeah. Uh, so we always thought big yeah. and tried to do the best with yeah. what we had. Uh, and that mentality sort of, sort of seeped through. And I, yeah, I became the youth leader at the time uh, with my little sister who was 11, this little guy called Kevin yeah. who was nine, uh, this other little guy called Gabriel who was also eight or nine at the time. Those, those were my uh, uh, young people yeah. uh, who I had to lead. Uh, yeah. how, did you, how did you stay motivated? Because there are probably some um, youth leaders listening now who don't have many young people um, or the young people aren't engaging with them as much as they should. What kind of advice would you give to them to sort of say, keep going? Or Because well, young people are I hard think... to sometimes reach, I have to be honest. They're so distracted with life and they're going through so much. And sometimes the youth leader saying, hey, guys, we're going to be having youth service or youth club here. And nobody comes or they're, they're, they're bored. They're looking at their phones. How do you oh, stay? trust me. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, uh, this, this can be a story in itself. And, yeah. uh, so you, for me, it was when we started alone, so we were not with LifeTab. Yeah. We didn't have the support um, of anyone else, really. Yeah. So it was basically me believing that I had a promise. Yeah. Um, and me believing that somehow this church would grow and the youth would grow. Um, and it was tough. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I can imagine. It was tough. Uh, sometimes I used to think to myself, I have three kids. Yeah. Uh, one is my little sister. The other two are nine years old. How in yeah. the world is this gonna even develop? Yeah. I was very lonely. I think probably some days or some weeks, I probably was uh, close to depression. Yeah. Um, so when I look back, it's uh, it kind of makes me uh, it makes me a little bit tearful. Yeah, uh, but there's small victories that come yeah. about every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, now, I, okay, so now the church, my dad, I just spoke to him like two hours ago. Yeah. The church is now 160 people. Wow. It, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 160 people. And yeah. 50 to 60% of that is yeah. under 25 year olds to 13 year olds yeah so not even under not even sunday school age yeah 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 uh is that category of young people yeah uh and i think and look back as to how i stay motivated i just kept doing it yeah i just kept putting out the chairs every friday set them down and poured into them yeah and i just did it consistently yeah kept on going kept on going um i wasn't i didn't ask of them anything that i wouldn't do myself yeah um i did everything um and pretty much i think what also helped me is the fact that they were so young mm-hmm. so they just kind of followed me yeah uh, to them i was this the big guy yeah, yeah i was yeah. the big brother yeah uh, my little sister was following me everywhere she did what i asked uh kevin was uh, Ke- kevin was lived right next to church yeah and so he used to show up like at Sunday mornings, like eight o'clock in the morning to help me set up sound. And yeah. so these kids all grew up in that mentality. 
yeah, yeah and pretty yeah. soon they win other yeah. kids so i wasn't really one of those that went out to get yeah, more yeah that was, was the next much... question i was going to ask i was going to say how were you recruiting them but if you didn't have to do that it was just pouring into them to make each one teach one that's the kind of thing that... That, that's sort of the mentality and kind of it creates a youth group where you well what i my main principles were i'm not here to change or to inspire you kind of emotionally or to entertain you yeah i'm here to make sure you're spiritually okay yeah so i used to teach preach and i'm not saying i i did the classical thing we did all sorts of things yeah, yeah. Um, as the church began to grow and as the youth group began to grow um yeah. one of the best things we did was we created a team yeah because i'm not very good with ideas yeah <laughs> okay. okay so i'm terrible with ideas in fact i'm probably the least creative person you'll ever find okay but one th one thing i believe in is that other people do have ideas yeah so i i, I recruited six uh, young people with all different mentality but just kind of the same vision yeah. to have a big youth group yeah um if we had so once we had that main vision we could then share out the workload yeah and everyone takes care of different things we tried all different craziness um, yeah. we've done the movie nights we did the different hairstyles we did the twins come twinning who's your twin yeah. we, we did we researched as to the best method to teach them yeah to teach young people we tried different ways to teach them we tried the classic preaching we tried the teaching we tried the sit in a circle and talk to each other probably in the five years i was youth leader we uh we did absolutely everything and anything that i could find to help me so i read up a lot i clued up myself a lot um and i got married to the right lady yeah uh, we haven't touched on that just yet <laughs> no, not yet who uh, pushed me um quite heavily and helped me a lot in ministry as well okay it's brilliant now that that is priceless thank you for that and um yeah it is about being consistent and it's about also knowing where what you lack in and then getting somebody to help delegate and 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 you 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 you're overseeing it now so it's just and it just helps them stay on on track so it's um no that's brilliant that's brilliant okay so you fleed in and then preaching as well and then did you did, did you guys meet up with life tab every month or to come together for international services or anything like that because i remember that's mm -hmm. happened sometimes that that still even happens now but we were not an extension of life tab okay yeah uh, so we were just our own church okay and, and what so was it we did laundry it, it was well at the time it was called uh, now you're going to laugh iglesia pentecostal unida internacional de gran bretaña e irlanda which basically translates to United Pentecostal Church of Great Britain and Ireland, uh, something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so the name change um, yeah. happened a few years ago when I told my dad, listen, it's too long. Name, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's your website looking uh, like? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, went to, uh, we went to the classic, the Pentecostals of London. Yes. Just simple. Keep yeah. it simple. The Pentecostals right of London. Yeah. Los Pentecostales de Londres. Yeah. So that's what we did. Um, yeah. So that's... Uh, we didn't... As I said, we didn't really have that network. Okay. Um, and I think probably a lot of youth leaders in the UK have some, some sort of issue with this. Yeah. Um, most youth leaders are growing up doing it themselves. 
Yeah. Um, and this is why when I became national youth leader, having that experience behind me, my focus was to get youth leaders together. Yes. Um, I did want, don't get me wrong, I did want the youth, the kids to be fine and we provided good events, uh, did the pizza thing, whatever. Yeah. But my main thing is to kind of help youth leaders and inspire youth leaders together. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that way you can feel connected and you can don't have to feel so alone. Okay. Um, let me yeah. let me go to pause there because in my church, in my church right now, it is very similar to that in where people do sometimes feel alone. Um mm-hmm. and I and I still think that even though you were talking about it just being with the youth pe- not talking and all that kind of stuff, I feel it's probably a bit more than that I think it's even the churches not coming together and not talking enough and and not because 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 what I'm what I worry about I look at there's a few single people in the church right now and it's sort of like how are they going to be able to find a partner if they're just hoping that somebody comes into the church and meets with them it's sort of like I think there should right. be more, more than just conference being the only time that everybody comes together. And I look at like we've got we're in Wolverhampton, Bilston, or whatever that's our church, and then there's Birmingham, and then there's local ones. And I thought that because in some other organisations they come together monthly to one big right. church and they have a thing. And I know we have probably men's conference and maybe, but I just feel that there definitely needs to be more of a of a of a cohesion and a more of a blend of different things happening regularly so people can always not feel because some churches are very small like yours was when it was at the start and it's like knowing that there's another youth group that comes together at a certain time and now we've got zoom I think it's a, a lot easier for that to happen but if there was a thing where there was like a regular I don't know football team or regular uh event or something just to add add to it just to add to it so that's why i'm like it needs to be better than that and bigger than that so that's what Listen, i'm saying yeah i hope you recorded that section of what you just said and yeah. i hope you put it out there and yeah. i promise you that most youth leaders of the upc gbni feel yeah. the same way yeah what's what's good right now is that most of the these youth leaders are still in the church yeah but my worry is, what's going to happen in 10, 20 years' time? Yeah. Because, and, and it's twofold, okay? Yeah. The organization and the National Youth Department should really be open to these ideas. And the youth leader or your district leader should yeah. be open to be able to visit you and yeah. to spend some time with your youth. But secondly, that this is the other fault, is you as a youth leader should be open as well to make sure that your youth contribute. Yeah. to the national events yeah um i remember when i only had the three i used to take them three yeah and i used to feel really bad sometimes because it was just me and these kids yeah but now i look back and i probably did the best thing i did yeah. now they have the, when pbl youth show up you could probably take up half the church anyway yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's nice you know yeah. that's how they that's how they could they have grown up but when i went yeah I, and and i hope like if if this does go out to youth leaders don't be intimidated by the numbers of you yeah, yeah, take yeah. the one take the two in a few years you don't know what those two can do yeah uh, but yeah as as an as an organization though i do think we do just you hit the nail on the head 
yeah um to have something where by people contribute and the organization itself takes care of the local works yeah i mean that's how that's how we're gonna work that's how it's gonna grow it's true okay so how did you get to the national youth leader role how old were you when that happened or how you skipped a lot of drama actually the, the 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 wife you were going to talk about how you guys met and and that kind of thing because you obviously can't do all of what you're doing without a support network and without somebody pushing you on and all that because oh, yeah, were you married wife... before you became youth leader no no i got married at the age of 26 okay um i met my wife when i was 18 again bishop okay. was invited to preach in milan italy Okay. And he said, uh, he got, called me one day. Uh, I was on the bus and he said, would you like to come with me? And I said, yeah. oh, yeah. Obviously, you're bishop. Oh, you're inviting <laughs> me to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come along. And uh, that trip, I spent mostly just bringing his Bible from the hotel room to it. I yeah. was his Bible bearer. I was yeah, his yeah, Bible yeah. bearer. That's but a you good know job. What? That's a good job. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and they used to make me sit at the front with everyone else. And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, but my wife, I met her because she was singing in the choir in one of those services and i was like yeah. whoa yeah this lady is nice yeah. <laughs> i was like oh yeah obviously but seven years later yeah i finally had the guts to tell her that i liked her okay and so you'd been seeing her at different functions throughout that yeah season. i mean europe yeah. by the time i mean there was ryanair and everything but i wasn't really open to traveling much she she did erasmus she did She's quite academic in that sense. So she was doing all these sorts of things. I was just kind of a bum trying yeah. to get on with life. Yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, things opened up and I was able to travel to Milan, see her. Um, and so were you talking via the... Facebook or was it Facebook? Thing Facebook. And other, even before then, um, yeah. before MSN. anything happened, MSN Messenger. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know what? When I met her, I, when I was leaving, I said to her, oh, can I get your contact details? Yeah. And I think I asked her for her MSN. Yeah. I don't think I asked her for her number or email. I think I just asked her for her MSN. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was a, a long distance relationship because that's amazing in itself as well, making those. Work. Yeah, but it was quick as well. So once, yeah. we, once we decided that we liked each other yeah um and i said listen i don't really want to fool around i've got a lot of things going on yeah. and she said to be honest with you me neither yeah uh, we like each other yeah in two years time after two years of having that conversation that initial conversation yeah uh, we got married yeah um and in which country then, she came in italy she oh, you went to italy to get married uh, wow. we went to italy well, i mean yeah i mean you have the chance of an italian wedding yeah, yeah. You, you take it right <laughs> so so did you take your whole family your whole family lots yeah of family came um a few uh, close friends yeah uh, were there as well it was nice um, yeah it, we had a nice time wow. but yeah my, my my wife is uh for the, if you don't know her she's quite she looks sweet and pretty and yeah yeah you know but she's 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 screwed up man yeah there are so many things that she can do yeah um was she involved um, in her her youth in italy this is the thing she wasn't really in italy it it works a little different than the uk the uk is very much for a team you know work ethic yeah we're pretty you know we're pretty developed i think but in italy still very much a pastor kind of does a lot yeah uh, yeah 
And that's not to say that she wasn't influential. She was teaching Sunday school. But when she came to PDL, um, she was able to use, you know, what most young people nowadays are so clued up on that lot of different things and professionals in lots of different areas. Yeah. Um, and yet they don't use those giftings yeah. uh, in church because they think it's church. Yeah. Um, but she was able to expand on that. And she herself got a Sunday school from one or two classes to four classes yeah. with around 38 kids in, wow. the cl- in those classes. Yeah. Uh, so she's had her own success with Sunday school, and um, and this was this yeah. was in speaking Italian. Well, she speaks Italian, German, French, and Spanish and English. What? Yeah, I know, wow. I know, I know. Well, she's a she's a languages teacher, so she has to do something. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. I didn't know that, but that is what five languages. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have know. always had such respect for people who can speak all them languages because it's like the way that your brain has to just de- just figure out which language you're talking and just whoo, let it come out it's like oh my wow that is amazing amazing and does she sometimes forget which language she's speaking to you in some yeah time? yeah especially when, when she gets angry Ooh. yeah so how many languages can you speak i can speak two but i don't speak them very well either one of them okay, so i'm, okay. I'm like I'm yeah. 0.5 0.5 make one you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your okay let's go into the child then so talk about yeah. when baby was born and baby came so 2016 he was born um yeah. trauma for one year yeah uh, i don't know how are you a dad i'm a i've got three yeah <laughs> how are you surviving <laughs> you don't even know the half i mean i okay i'll tell you really quickly because i don't really talk about myself on these things but i've no, got please. two i've got twins that we foster so and oh they are God. two years old and then i've got three of my own i've just had my little boy who's six months now so I've got a 13-year-old daughter, a nine-year-old son, and a six-month-old boy, and then two little girls who are terrible twos, definitely, right now. So there's five oh kids my in goodness. my house. Yeah. You see, I respect that. Okay? Yeah. I, 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 I can't think of a more a harder job than yeah. a dad or a mom with w- more than one kid. <laughs> uh, I, I really cannot think for the life of me as to why you would do that to yourself yeah yeah uh, but yeah so yeah first year as you know trauma yeah um i don't i think i went to work to relax yeah <laughs> uh that, that that was kind of uh the first year i don't remember much of it yeah. second year he started walking around causing mayhem yeah. um third year better he started to speak yeah uh but now which, which language that's what, that's what i was gonna say before what language english you... that's that's the thing he's speaking english but he can understand spanish and italian yeah so and now he's learning chinese here so, and chinese yeah, is one so of the he, hardest languages to learn or is it right one of the two i can't remember trust me it's one of the probably the hardest languages to learn and to write yeah. so there you yeah. go uh but yeah now he's four i'm loving it now yeah he's got a little personality he's quite yeah. cheeky yeah. Uh, he, he annoys his mom sometimes which is yeah. quite fun yeah and, and yeah, yeah so I, I like it now at four years old I think I've reached the age where I can I think uh, I was the same you know I think I was the same with the with the other two 
um I was definitely more hands-off because I used to think they're so small and delicate yeah, I might exactly. break them so I would leave them to the front <laughs> but when it when they came to about three four that's when I was like all right this is my time now we can all yeah, exactly. we can get a bit rough and ready and teach oh, them and read and play yeah because I'm still a kid but <laughs> exactly but I have got him injured a couple of times um, yeah, which is, yeah which then my wife goes mama me so that's good that's good so um so baby's here now and then you you then took over national youth director so after you guys got married you obviously still in the uk yeah 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 so we we set up in the uk yeah um having revival there and then no one wanted the national youth position yeah and so uh, my name got called out i was looking at around the room yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law was like do it do it do it he, my yeah. brother-in-law was Lemmy Lemmy Badenhorst yeah yeah you know who he is yeah, yeah um, he was it. like do it do it man do it uh, <laughs> and then a good friend of mine Matt Hemus um you know who that is I know man. Matt yeah yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah, he, yeah. yeah yeah he was like do it, do it. and yeah. I, I was like no one else wanted it so I said okay yeah yeah uh thank you for the opportunity and we'll get to work um teamed up uh, I teamed up with Matt. I asked him to kind of help me and as a secretary. Be your deputy. Now, yeah. But this is the thing. So the title, the official title is secretary. Yeah. And people have always looked at it as someone that just takes the minutes. Yeah. Um, my thinking was I don't need someone to take the minutes. I can write my own minutes. Yeah. Or I could get someone else to help me with the minutes. I don't need a minute taken. Yeah. I need someone that can help me lead and has a completely different mindset to me. Yeah. Um, and I know Matt, and I worked with him in general conference for a while, and I said, Matt, please join me, help me do this. This would be what you do. Yeah. And, uh, and it's fun. And it worked out because we were so different. And he's a strong personality, if you know he Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a strong personality. So it's not, it's not easy to, to get things going sometimes. And you feel... if if you're close to probably some, if you're insecure about yourself, mm. then you probably, you think, no, but I'm the leader here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but then we also had strong personalities in the team itself. Yeah. Like Jim Mumble up in North. I know Jim, yeah. We have, yeah, he's quite wild. Yeah. And then we have uh, Kaylin, who's actually probably the calmer of the old Kaylin is guys. the calm one. Yeah, yeah. There you he's go. teaching and me at we- Bible school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had OC and then yep. um, Richard okay. um, in London and South. And everyone has different mentality. Everyone's from a different district. They have different needs. They have the strong different team. wants. Yeah. It, I loved it though. Because yeah. they're all so different and they're all so yeah. strong. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, it felt like, so I was fine. Yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. just work together and get things done. So how long were you there for again in that position? Two years. Two years. So I was there okay. for two years. Who is yeah. the new national youth leader? See, the fact that you're asking me worries me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but the new national youth leader is Pastor James Beak in Glasgow. Yes. yes. Um, I should remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So yeah. He, uh, he, he is leading the youth now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, then. So we are running out of time i told you this was meant to be oh yeah very, true sorry and sorry. we have now jumped it's my fault as well it is um about nearly caught 
Oh, what's it called? 45. But anyway, I want to know how you got to Hong Kong and how you made the jump. How can you jump from the London and the Spanish and to just start getting into Chinese and doing it during a pandemic? So well, this is it. What was your so mindset? I'll be, Go ahead. I'll be, I'll be quick. I'll be yeah. quick. The job opportunity came up. I yeah. said, to my, I, I, I just finished with the youth because I thought it was time. Yeah. I didn't think um, I didn't think we should continue. Yeah. Um, I, I said, let's try something else. Yeah. I just we just prayed about it and said, okay, it's time. Yeah. Um, my call, my wife, she was a, rec- a recruiter. You know, they always get in touch, and one of them was a position opened up in Hong Kong. And would you apply for it? She applied for it within two weeks. An interview. Within three weeks, uh, a job offer in 2019. Yeah. And the job offer was to start in August 2020. Yeah. We didn't think it would be that quick. Mm -hmm. And so before we accepted anything, we went and talked to a few of our mentors and people that we trust about this. Uh, My dad, obviously, first, he was like, why? We're doing so well. Yeah. Uh, career-wise, um, yeah. I'm a financial planner, yeah, yeah. and so um, I was fine. My wife's a teacher. We were sort of fine. We have our own place in, in Surrey, yeah, and so yeah. we were okay. Yeah. And my dad was like, are you frustrated here in church? Is something going wrong? Yeah. Tell me we can try and fix it. I said, no, actually, no, we're fine. Mm-hmm. We just feel like this is what we need to do. Yeah. And my dad and mom felt at peace with that. Mm-hmm. And it was the sign that this is something we should try. Yeah. We then talked to another couple who we trust uh, their opinion from. And they kind of felt the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, to be honest with you, yeah, the UK may miss you, uh, but it doesn't feel like it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so we said, okay, well, let's go ahead with it. If it's not meant to happen, it's not meant to happen. Yeah. 2019, the riots are happening in, in Hong Kong. I remember. So we were not able, we were not able to visit. 2020, uh, COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, and we said, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Well, yeah. we carried on. There was nothing really to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and we landed in September and here we are. Wow. Hong Kong. So what uh, is it? What was the, was it a culture shock? Just suddenly. At the beginning. Yeah, can I imagine? At the beginning, it's a culture shock. Um, church-wise, has been a culture shock as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, we're still learning. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, our main thing was to take us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Don't, we, we, you know, we prayed to God, don't let us fall into a routine. Let us keep something that we can make fresh and, you know, teach us something new. I didn't think he'll really take that too seriously, though, because uh, he's brought me to Hong Kong and he's definitely taken me out of my comfort zone. So you've uh, gone into a church that's already been established or you have to establish your own? No, it's uh, the, in Hong Kong, there are s- four different churches. UPC. Um, UPC churches. And yeah. there's one international church, which is mainly English speaking and catering for uh, Filipino helpers or domestic yeah. workers that are here. Yeah. Then there are three Chinese churches. Yeah. Um, we've actually, this is the funny thing. Uh, uh, we've come here um, 
as licensed ministers. Yeah. Uh, and we've, uh, in fact, uh, we've had quite a few recommendations from the UK and Europe yeah. to the overseer here in Hong Kong. Yeah. And so we haven't been able to join the church. Okay. Per se, because yeah. the the aim is to get me to go around the churches to preach. Yes. Uh, and that's been a challenge in itself since churches have been closed. Of course. For for the majority of time and just opened last month. Yeah. And so we're now in a uh, local Chinese church, um, yeah. which we're helping. Well, we want to help. Yeah. But because I've come here with all these credentials yeah the, you know they don't know whether i should be a member or not okay because according to them i should go around so yeah. sometimes having a license actually hasn't been of help yeah yeah <laughs> because had i come here with no license no recommendations no one knowing me i could have yeah. probably joined up the church joined work with yeah. joined a zoom event or whatever they were doing and it would have been easy yeah but because i've come here with like a minister's license so they all think that oh, all i should do is preach yeah and i'm like no no you know yeah. i can do other things too yeah <laughs> or, or just have a day off i want to chill for a minute <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's a little different but we're we're praying we're adjusting um we're getting to know the culture is very different we're taking We've been we've been going to Chinese restaurants, local restaurants, yeah, and yeah, been yeah. given Chinese food and trying to eat the chopsticks and all this and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's it's different, but it's uh, it's definitely a learning. One of the uh, countries that I've always wanted to go to is China, just because of the history of the country. The yeah. I love the Chinese kung fu movies and all that. I've always <laughs> wanted, and I, and I want to see the Great Wall. Have you already seen the Great Wall of China and done the tour? No, 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 because we can't go to China because we're in Hong Kong. Yes, so okay, yeah. We, we can't travel. But I'll tell you this about the Chinese churches. There is one pastor there. He's a Colombian pastor. Yeah. He originally went to uh, to set up a company. Yeah. Um, he set up the company in China, but then God kind of stalled him there. Yeah. And now he's pastoring. Yeah. Uh, he came for business and now all of a sudden he's pastoring and he pastors yeah. an English Chinese church. Yeah. He's quite fluent in Chinese as well, able to hold a conversation. Yeah. Honestly, this is the thing the Chinese are chasing them. Yeah. Uh, not able to host, uh, obviously, a church. Yeah. They've yeah. deported some of his members. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, the liberty that we have in the Western world. Yeah. Um, is sometimes we take it for granted. That's when... the next thing I wanted to say because I because I heard stories about how they some people had to meet in secret and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're always know. changing venue. They're yeah. changing venue to try and you know make sure, but they always find them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're Chinese, unfortunately, they go by, you know, your state pension. They reduce it. Yeah. Um. So if you caught doing this sort of things they, they reduce the number or they can even send you to prison yeah, yeah um yeah. It, it hit me it yeah. hit me quite hard because there i am and hong kong is still very much open to christianity so it's it's fine yeah but i remember being in london and you know i mean you can rock up to a park and start singing songs and you're fine yeah uh, other places don't have the same liberty yeah and it's unfortunate that we take it for granted sometimes in the west yeah. it's true 
Wow. I could talk to you all day about Sorry, China and just <laughs> finding out what it's like just walking through and all those lights and, and Hong Kong and the, the colors and, and the, just the culture. And that just must be every day, uh, uh, just so, an experience in itself. It sounds like you would love it. It sounds I, like you would love it. I know, I know. And I, and I will go. I will go. And hopefully Good. I might be able to come and see you down there. Oh, so please. definitely on my bucket list. Definitely on my bucket list. <laughs> awesome. All right, then. Um, Brother Lewis, I have to end it here because we are nearly on an hour. <laughs> and it Sorry. Is just, it's, it's just one of those things. When we get talking, we could go for, for, for a while. And I know you still got little boy to put to bed. I, I don't know if he's still no, awake. No. The, mom, the mom's taking him to sleep. Mom's sorting so it. He, he, he wanted to come and, and uh, join in the interview. His mom dragged him back. <laughs> so, so that's why you didn't see him. No that's why way. you didn't see him. But um, yes, he, he, I'll send you the video. If you send me your email, I'll send you the video so we can have a awesome. look at what daddy was talking about. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me uh, on the New Life podcast. And um, when it goes live and everything, you'll be able to see all the different conversations I've had with other people. But it's definitely been a blessing for myself. Is there anything else you might want to add before we close? No, um, thank you. For, thank you uh, for inviting me. Yeah. Um, but I think the point that I've taken from this is um, that what you said about the organization itself being more connected. Yeah. Um, that's been my prayer from day one. Yeah. Um, and I hope your generation, well, our generation, I would say, I'm no longer there, but you're there, yeah. um, is able to achieve something along those lines. Yeah. Um, if you stick at it, I'm sure we will. Yeah, 100%. And, and what I'm finding as well, just having these conversations, just more and more people are going to see um, the stories, the testimonies, and the issues, and hopefully find some solutions from it. So, um, but exactly. yeah, and we definitely awesome. have to just have more of these, more of these platforms made available, so your story can be heard and hear more about what you're doing. Because even for missions, even when, because we all have Mission Sunday and all that kind of stuff, but just hearing from somebody in another country on a Zoom call as part of the service, I think that would be brilliant just to hear a testimony, to hear what's going on and hear about what support can be done. I think that would be a good addition to the services rather than just having a normal service, but calling it Mission Sunday. And I'm still like, we need to do more. We need to do more. <laughs> but anyway, oh, this is it. This um, is it. but anyway, you take care and have a very, very good much. rest of your evening because you're seven hours in front of us. So um, you'll probably be getting ready for bed. I've got another session here at the studio, <laughs> but um, definitely we will catch up soon and hopefully um, awesome. we can get down to, to Hong Kong. All right then. So you take care. Thank you very much. Have a good God day. bless you. Okay. God bless Thank you too, sir. Thank you.